Have you ever dreamed of becoming an interior designer? You don't want to go back to university, you don't want to work for a large firm, but you just don't know how to get started. You want flexibility, you want to pursue your passion, and you want to make income. Well, you should definitely check out the Uploft Interior Design Academy. It's my proprietary program that I've used internally for years and have made available to the public. Not only do you get video modules that you can take at your own pace, but you also get one-on-one coaching sessions with me, group coaching sessions with our Facebook group of Academy students, and so much more. If you're interested, Get more information and sign up for an exploratory call with me at affordableinteriordesign.com slash academy. Once again, that's affordableinteriordesign.com slash academy. It's time to start living the life of your dreams. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy Hellman. hi everyone happy holiday season i hope you are having a relaxing one i hope that you're getting a chance to dig in and think about the past year and reflect upon what's upcoming And I hope it's just going generally well for you. I think with the new variant, my thoughts on how I'm feeling are changing every day. A week and a half ago, I was great. And I bought Rockettes tickets for me and my entire vaccinated family. And now the Rockettes aren't even doing their show. So it's been disappointing to cancel it, right? But I've had the luxury of being able to cancel and the luxury of being able to hunker down at home and stay safe with my family. And luckily, my mom was already here visiting from Missouri in a time when it was safe because if she would have been flying in this week, I'm not sure we would have encouraged her to do that or that she would have even wanted to do that, even being vaccinated and boosted and all of that. So it's just another weird time. And I had already started booking travel for 2022 business mastermind sessions and vacations. And now all of that seems pretty precarious too. Speaking of precarious, can you tell if you're watching on YouTube, can you tell that I've been crying? I'm so depressed. And I know people have it so much worse, right? Like with coronavirus, we should all just be grateful to be happy and healthy, but I'm going through it. It sounds so silly, but my storefront right here on Main Street in Dobbs Ferry that I have been in and loved for six years is no longer mine in two weeks. And You know, it was partially my fault, which I think is why I'm so upset. My landlord told me a few months ago that he was raising the rent by 25%, which is a huge increase. And, you know, he gave me essentially two weeks notice for that information. And you guys know from listening to the other episodes that I was planning on moving. You know, I've been looking for almost a year since last February 
to purchase a home somewhere else, closer to my daughter's new school and a place where we can get more bang for our buck, just lots of different things to evaluate, including I just want some land. Right now, the neighbors watch me watch The Bachelorette finale and I watch them make dinner and it's just a little too close for comfort. So for all these reasons, I was planning on moving and I didn't want to get locked in to a one-year lease at this really high rate. So I told him, let's go month to month and just figure it out as we go. Little did I know, just a couple months later, without any notice, he would tell me that somebody was moving in in only two weeks. And I said, two weeks? Like, especially during the holiday season, he told me on December 13th that somebody else is moving in. And it's like, give me some notice, especially because legally you owe me 30 days notice. So he was so, so kind and extended the deadline to January 9th. But January 9th, I am moving into my basement. And it's not like one of those cool basements. Uh, It's an unfinished basement in my home because my husband is also at home. So he's taken my office that I had so beautiful overlooking the water. Now that is just not my domain. So I'm feeling a little displaced and I'm feeling really sad because um. This place, this office has been so much more than an office. During coronavirus, it's where I homeschooled my children. We walked on the nature trail that leads from my house right to my office. So we got our exercise and then got a change of pace. The electricity goes out a lot in my neighborhood because we are very high on a hill and close together. So whenever the wind blows, the electricity goes out. And this was our safe haven when the hotels wouldn't take dogs or cats or they were full, the ones that did. We slept here. Um, When my husband needed to get away and get an escape during coronavirus, he would take the office at nights to come here and eat his own dinner and play video games and just decompress. And uh, it's been the place where I've really grown my business. I feel like I became a true entrepreneur in this very office in these past six years. I went from having one employee to having seven. And it's just going to just make me sad. Um, So I cried for two days. And I've been playing Dolly Parton's Hard Candy Christmas on repeat pretty much every day, all day. Not the healthiest choice mentally, but um, I'm really letting myself feel it because um, typically when I make a move, I know where I'm going. And you guys, I'm sure, can imagine how important it is for me to feel grounded, to feel like I have a space, um, to feel like I have a space that inspires versus a dingy old basement. Um, that's really unfinished. So I'm just in this place of surrender while I figure out the next steps. And I'm looking to make this a leap because was this office perfect? In my mind, yes. Even with all its flaws, it was perfect. But number one, it was not mine. It was always owned by a grumpy jerk of a landlord. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this podcast. Uh, but the second thing is that, you know, the UPS person would stop by with packages while I'm recording, cars would honk, dogs would bark, the neighbor upstairs flooded his apartment and flooded my storefront twice. You know, there has been drama and I'm trying to cling to those negative aspects. 
and focus on the positive aspects. Now I'll be home every day when my kids get home from school and I'll probably give them both hugs and kisses and then tell them to leave me alone so I can focus on my work. But, um, you know, how do you make lemons into lemonade? Are you in a transition in your life? Is there something that is ending for you, but a new opportunity that's starting? The problem is I don't see that new opportunity yet. I'm used to being able to, to move and be the one that's controlling that. And in this case, I'm letting the wind sort of blow me and hopefully not turn out my electricity. Hopefully instead, turn on my electricity and show me the way to something bigger and better. Because you hear that big truck? We're not going to hear that big truck anymore. Well, guys, thanks for bearing with me as I shared this because it's lonely. I mean, being an entrepreneur can be lonely at times anyway, but when you find your little place, your little corner of the world where you feel large in charge, that's just steeped in memories, it can be hard to let go. And it can be really hard to let go at Christmas time. Tomorrow's the day before Christmas Eve, and I will be packing up my storefront with my mom Luckily, she's a huge help and we will make great strides, but it's hard to be sad and it's hard to be uncertain in a time that's supposed to be full of love and excitement. <sighs> Let's get to something that's a little bit more positive. Let's get to something that always brings me joy, your questions. So I'm going to dig right into the mailbag without further ado. And I am pulling up a question from Stephanie. Stephanie's writing from Ohio. And she says, hi, Betsy. I've been listening to your podcast for almost a year, and I'm excited every week when you release a new episode. My question is rather general. I have a dining and living room with empty walls that are desperate to be decorated with beautiful paintings or photographs. Do you have a recommendation of places to purchase large paintings and framed photographs? I would love to find a few pieces of mid-century modern framed photographs. Thank you so much for your insight. Hopefully the mailbox is empty enough for my question to be picked. Also, greetings from Hudson, Ohio. P.S. I moved to the United States from Germany, and when I saw your episode named Inner Architecture, I at first thought my phone had auto-translated that episode. It is so cool that you gave it a German name. And I gave it a German name, but I have no idea how to pronounce that German name as you just heard. But uh, thanks for appreciating that. And let's get to your question. Boy, oh boy, do I have places that need interesting art. In fact, I was just designing a space this morning in Santa Fe, New Mexico for a very dear friend of mine. And he has two places where he needs large statement art. And his inspiration in terms of visuals is Palm Springs because he bought this adorable mid-century modern home in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I will definitely be tapping into the resources that I'm sharing with you now when I am shopping for art for him. The first is minted.com. Now it is a little bit pricey, but you can choose your frame, choose your art. They have sizes that are almost four feet by four feet and lower. And I love them because, you know, these are real pieces of art from real artists. You can even get these pieces signed. And even though they're prints, there is sort of that authenticity. It doesn't feel quite so generic. Of course, you pay a little bit more for that. And speaking of paying more for that, I love Horchow. Those pieces are not all that affordable, but 
they are gorgeous and feel so unique. They provide that sort of wow factor. Where did you get that conversation piece that so many of us look for when we're selecting art? I also love Paragold. Paragold is, again, pretty expensive for large format art, even though the prices do vary. The thing I love about Paragold is you can filter. So you can filter by exact size, exact colorway. So I can really, especially if I'm choosing for a place that has a lot of constrictions, narrow it down so that I'm not wasting my time. Because the other day, who was I shopping for? Oh, yes, my client in Scarsdale. I was trying to find a four foot by four foot piece for her dining room. I went through like 37 pages of art on Saatchi art. Saatchi art is great because the pieces are original, but that's exponentially more expensive than the other resources I've shared so far. I do love an original, but again, that's next level in cost and greatly reduces your options in terms of what's available. I also love high fashion home. Again, that's more of a hunt because their filter system is not great, but I find beautiful gems at moderate price points. Now, if we're going affordable, my favorite affordable affordable is greatbigcanvas.com. On greatbigcanvas.com, you can filter in so many different ways, including size, orientation, color, thematic, thematically. So there's just a lot of great filters that can help me to narrow it down. And then I can choose any frame I want. So unlike some of the other vendors I just discussed, where it comes in a gold frame, and sometimes that's a deal breaker for me. If I'm working in a room that's using silver metals, it's a deal breaker for me to have a gold frame. So I really love the flexibility of being able to frame it just how I want it with great big canvas. And it's so affordable, even though the pieces do look somewhat more generic. They have a lot of photography on there, just tons to sort through. Another one is iCanvas. iCanvas, again, they give a lot of options for customizing and it's very affordable. You might also want to check out Print Company. Personally, I have not used them yet, but I really want to. I'm always going to their website looking for photography and being quite hopeful that I'll find something just perfect. But I wind up having more luck on the other sites, even though the Print Company is very affordable. And an old standby, if I exhaust all those options and I'm still feeling somewhat uninspired, is Pottery Barn. Pottery Barn does have a lot of good large format art pieces, including sculptural art, which is really interesting when sometimes I want to think outside the frame and use something woven or wire, metal. It's just a fun place to go for maybe something wooden. Lots of different options that, again, will provide that wow factor without breaking the bank. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Are you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. 
Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. My next question comes from Vanessa. Vanessa writes from Virginia, Betsy, how do you choose a color palette for a bathroom remodel? I know you suggest starting with an inspiration piece like a rug, but what is a good inspiration piece in a bathroom? A shower curtain? Maybe artwork? Also, do the colors in a bathroom need to coordinate with the nearby rooms? Thank you for all the great content. So let's get clear, Vanessa. What are you looking to choose? You mentioned a bathroom remodel. So I'm assuming that you're looking to choose tile, a vanity cabinet, light fixtures, a mirror. That's what I'm thinking. For those kind of foundational pieces, those renovation pieces that you don't want to change out for the next 15 years, I recommend choosing something neutral. So I would look to the other architectural places in the home, the kitchen, the other bathrooms, because you want the kitchen and the bathrooms to all feel symbiotic, to all feel cohesive, like they belong in the same house, even though you're not using the exact same materials. So say I did a gray marble backsplash in the kitchen. I might think about doing a small gray marble hexagonal tile in the bathroom. And then maybe I would do like a elongated gray subway tile on the walls. And maybe I would do a very pale kind of blue white for the paint above the tile on the wall. This is just like a scenario I'm spitballing with you. But say that you did like a bright navy island in the kitchen. Well, maybe I would do some kind of decorative border with the tile in the bedroom that, or bathroom, excuse me, that brings out that navy, or using like some kind of smaller tile on the floor that may have elements of navy to kind of tie in those rooms and make sure I'm carrying something I'm really excited about throughout the house, but using it in different ways. Now, maybe I understood your question incorrectly. Maybe what you meant to say is that the tile, the cabinetry, the mirror, it's all just how I want it. And I'm picking out new bath mats, new shower curtain, new artwork. In that case, I would first look to the architectural finishes that are there. Are they giving me any cues as to go gray or beige, as to go blue or green? Is there anything that I can work with in the space to kind of be my jumping off point? The next thing I think about is what is this bathroom adjacent to? If it's an ensuite, whether it's in a guest room or the primary bedroom, I like the colors in the bathroom to reflect the colors in the room that it's attached to. So in other words, I just did a girl's room in Westchester in Chappaqua, and she had an ensuite bath. Now in the main room, her colors, her 306010, she had like these drapes that were pre-existing that had lemons. So her 60 was like a pale kind of French blue. And then her 30 was the lemon yellow. And her 10% was that kind of um, very pale leaf green. In the bathroom, I turned it on its head. I made the pale leaf green the 60%. I kept the lemon yellow the 30%. And I made that French blue the 10%. So that the two rooms really relate to each other. I feel like I'm in the same space and essentially I am. 
but I've used them in different doses so that the two rooms do not feel so identical or matchy-matchy. If this is a powder room that's just on the main floor, you know, it's not directly off of the kitchen, it's just in the hallway, you can really do what you want. I never, ever, ever base the theme off of a shower curtain because shower curtains are something that you'll probably change out pretty often when one gets gross or just tattered or stained from your hand pulling it back and forth and back and forth. I also would never do the color palette based on a bath mat. Bath mats also get a lot of wear and tear and you'll probably be switching it out every one to two years. Same with the towels. By process of elimination, that means that I would use the artwork in the bathroom as that inspiration for my color palette for the shower curtain, towels, and bath mat. Vanessa, I've solved all your problems. No matter the scenario, I've just given you a wealth of answers. I hope that helped. All right, let's move to my next question. My next question comes from Diana. Diana is writing from Cincinnati, Ohio, and she has quite a question. So let's dig right in. Hi, Betsy. I'm a new listener and already a fan of your show. I've been listening to many episodes since I found your podcast weeks ago. I love how your tips are down to earth and practical. I just bought your book and I cannot wait to read it, to look at the pictures and to learn. I want to visualize all the possibilities for my own space. My family and I, my husband and two kids, we moved from a 1,200 square foot home to a 3,000 square foot mid-century modern. It's a shed style house and we moved two months ago. We're slowly getting a few pieces here and there that will make our space feel more like home. One room at a time. Our style is mid-century modern and we are minimalists. We lean towards less furniture and decorative pieces and more towards function and practicality. That was a little background on us. Now I do have two questions. First, I'm currently working towards making this space shown in the pictures. And guys, if you want to see the pictures, head over to YouTube. Shown in the pictures, more cozy and yet minimalist. The room is located right next to the kitchen and dining room. And it's a place where we find ourselves hanging out the most. It's a long rectilinear room with a sliding door that connects the deck to the outside and a fireplace in the middle of two big windows that overlook our yard, which is mostly woods. The walls are a creamy beige and they have a textured wallpaper. The crown molding is rich brown. We want to keep the room as it is. The fireplace needs a little update, but we'll keep it as is for now since after all the moving expenses, we are house poor and we're on a tight budget. My husband absolutely wants the TV there, so I got a comfy leather couch that could fit all of us. I recently got the chairs and the coffee table and the rug and the love seat from a vintage furniture store. We love the patina in furniture pieces. To create a cozy conversation nook by the fireplace. We started hanging up some of our art pieces in places where we think it might look better, but I'm not sure if everything looks cohesive. Would you add or take out something from the space? I'm not sure if we have too much seating around the fireplace. That's question one. So let's check it out. You know, the thing that's starting to concern me about this room is with the brown trim and the brown floors, we have a lot of brown when you add in this chunky leather couch. I'm not loving that. 
I don't have a ton of angles of the room. So I wish I had a couple more vantage points because I can clearly see the fireplace. And for me, that seating area is way too cramped. The things are too close together. I would get a bigger rug because technically you do have more floor space and the larger your rug, the larger the area appears. So I think the rug that's currently there is just too small and it's making the furniture look more squished together because you're trying to put it all significantly on the rug, which is causing it to clump in the middle. If there was a larger rug, you'd have more room to spread these pieces out, and I think it would look much more spacious and fit much better. I don't think you'd be asking me if there's too much furniture in this space because it would all have room, and there is enough space in this room to do just that. Now, in terms of this sofa, it's very unusual that the sofa is facing away from the seating area. So essentially, you're creating two distinct areas in the space, one that's kind of like that conversation nook by the fireplace and one that's maybe TV focused next to that nook, which is very close and it's all open. So you're really going to have to make sense of this by defining this leather sofa TV space with another large rug. Also, I would consider, even though I don't have enough pictures to understand if this is viable, but making this more symmetrical with the sliding door so that, again, it feels more formalized and less like you just shoved a big leather couch next to this cute conversation area. Because right now there's this big leather couch floating in the middle of your big brown rectangle with this cute conversation nook that's super scrunched on one side. Now, this is not a doomsday report. I think there's lots to love about it, and I do love the architecture. Mid-century modern always has my heart. But you're just squishing things too close together. You need to spread everything out and define things with rugs. I always focus on art after the furniture is placed correctly because you want to tell people where to focus their eye. So never, ever, ever think about art until you've 100% solidified the furniture placement for the room. Let's go to your next question. My second question has to do with the paper in the kitchen. We are not remodeling the area now, so I'm trying to find a cheaper way to update it without changing the cabinets, countertops, and dining room furniture. Should we change the walls instead? I'm open to all suggestions and tips. Thank you so much for taking the time to read my long submission and for answering all my questions. Well, Diana, you are most welcome, and let's peek at this kitchen, shall we? So the kitchen has white cabinetry. It looks like a white or off-white Formica countertop. And let me see here. The wallpaper is floral with a big border at the top. Looks like we have silver poles on the kitchen cabinetry and a black appliance. There's a lot going on in here. Let's just be clear because the floor is kind of like this irregular cream square tile probably like an eight by eight, and it looks a little hand glazed, so it's not perfectly flat and even. This does need an update. There's no doubt about it, but I totally understand being house poor. I was certainly house poor when we moved into our house here in Westchester and did not have the time, energy, or resources to make that happen. Some easy fixes. Number one, change the handles on the cabinetry. These look like they came from Home Depot in the 90s, and it's time to change them out, and that will be so affordable. You just open the cabinet, measure from the center of the screw to the center of the screw on the inside, and then that's the size handle you'll be looking for when you purchase something a little bit more contemporary. We're not going to change the flooring. We're not going to change the countertop or the cabinets because you set those rules, and 
I'm okay with that. But this wallpaper must go. It's got a ton of flowers that feel quite overwhelming and frenetic. And then the border at the top is not helping. I'm going all the way back to the 90s and maybe even to the 80s with this unfortunate wallpaper. I would take it down ASAP and I would replace it with paint. I love a good wallpaper, but you have to be very clear on your intention stylistically. And it's expensive to remove and expensive to put up. Paint is going to be a much easier application for you, and it's going to be much more versatile as you evolve this kitchen over time. Guys, look at me. In the midst of despair, solving all of your design problems just in time for the new year. If you haven't heard it already, please go listen to Hard Candy Christmas by Dolly Parton. It has gotten me through some really tough times this season, and I hope it helps you too. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.